Welcome to Scanner School. This is session 154, Ask Scanner School, Volume 27. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie K, Edward Dufour, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Jackson Freeman, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William R. Can. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Scanner School a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LE. Today's podcast is sponsored by our Patreon supporters and also East Coast Pagers. You can find East Coast Pagers online at eastcoastpagers.com. Now, again, if it's your first week joining us for class or if you're a weekly listener, welcome to this week's podcast. Again, this is a special podcast episode we do on the first Tuesday of every month, which is an Ask Scanner School type of podcast. Now, again, you can ask your questions in several different ways. The best way to do so is to submit your questions via our local number here in the stage, which is 516-308-2885, or you can use our speak pipe. Now, again, you can find both of these over at scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, if you're a little bit shy, you don't want your voice on a podcast, that's fine. You can still go to scannerschool.com slash ask and fill out the form right there, and that will email me your question. I can then respond on the podcast. Or you can always email me directly, phil at scannerschool.com, or even reply to any one of my emails, and that will put you into the queue to have your questions answered. Now, again, if you leave me a voicemail, again, 516-308-2885, or by using our SpeakPipe, you're in the running for a free tutoring session. Now, again, these tutoring calls are a great way to learn a little bit more, get hands-on with me for an hour, and uh, we go through whatever questions you have. In fact, I had a great one today with uh, Jim Heinrich. Jim uh, sat down with me for about an hour and change, and we went through his uh, his setup on how his radios were set up, his antennas set up, and uh, Jim even gave me some feedback on some of the things that he took away from past podcast episodes, 
and some of the changes he has made to his setup that actually improved the uh, the the quality of his station. He was actually pulling in some more more. He, he's into aviation, and he was picking up more flights and uh, further out from his listening post than he was prior to making some changes. And today we went through uh, a couple more tweaks that he could make, and I'm waiting to hear back from Jim over the next couple months to see how things were. So again, Jim won the free tutoring session because he asked a question on a podcast by using our voicemail method. So again, voicemail is king here. Not only does it put you in the running for a free tutoring session, but it also allows me to take that recording and move it to the top of the list. So instead of waiting to have your question read on the podcast, I throw you right in up front because I want to have your voice on the podcast. So again, we're answering your questions today. And if you're listening live on the first Tuesday of the month, and again, this will be the first Tuesday of December, whatever the date may happen to be, because I'm recording this in advance, uh, you can join us tonight on YouTube as well, because we're answering even more questions, but we're answering them live. And it's great, too, because we could do some screen sharing and everything else again. So, again, scannerschool.com slash YouTube is the fastest way to find it. And while you're over there, not only hit subscribe, but hit the bell, too. This way you're notified when we go live. It's a great way to do it. And again, too, if you happen to show up late to the podcast, do the same thing, scannerschool.com slash YouTube. And again, subscribe and click the bell so you know the next time we go live. So we have a couple of great questions. We have two voicemails that came in. And then after the break, I'll answer two user-submitted questions. Make it a nice, quick, easy, digestible podcast for you today because, again, we're getting close to the end of the year. And everybody's in December holiday shopping mode. So again, if you haven't even caught... Our uh, buyer's guide, you can go ahead and check that out as well. That was at scannerschool.com slash session 152. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to our very first voicemail question. Hi, Phil. This is Kevin's Ricky calling. Um, I have a question for Ask Scanner, Scanner School. The question that I have is on the SDS 100, um, what are the most useful items to have displayed um, on the display, such as the RSS ID, uh, the NAC codes, uh, WACN, the RSSI. What, in your opinion, um, are the best things to kind of have displayed so that you can get the most information out of the scanner? Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, Kevin, that is a really, really interesting question. Thank you so much for asking it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the SDS-100 or the SDS-200 scanner, there's two different kinds of displays on there. Actually, there's four. Uh, one is conventional simplified. One is trunking simplified or simple conventional simple truck trunk. And the other two are detailed conventional and detailed trunk. So basically what one or the simple conventional and trunking just gives you the basic information, right? It gives you the system you're monitoring, the talk group ID you're listening to, and who would actually be using it, right? What, whatever whatever the system is, or even on conventional side, it gives you the frequency, the, the PL code, the alpha tag. So it gives you the three sections, right? It gives you the uh, the favorites list, the department, and and the actual tag of who's using the, uh, the channel you have set up there. But when you go into the detail settings, you not only do you get that, but you get a whole bunch of other information on the bottom of the screen. And there's a lot of information that you didn't get originally off of like the 436, the 536, or even the home patrol miles. These 
these are more uh, more details. Let's go through what you can actually put into some of these. So I'm just going to jump into a menu here on my scanner, just to read through because there's so many here I can't actually memorize them. And I'm just going to customize the detail trunk. I'm going to roll down here to the smaller at the bottom. And these these are the options we can pick here. Obviously, you can leave one blank, which means nothing's going to display. You can show your battery voltage, your CT, CSS, your DCS, or your NAC. And again, this is generic for both conventional and drunking. The digital error count, which is basically your frame rates, uh, your favorites list name, the filter settings, which again, be, be uh, normal or uh, global or inverted or whatever it was be. The frequency, your latitude, your LCN, or your logical channel numbering, your longitude, the noise, on this, on the uh, the talk group or the frequency you're looking at here, the number tag, which is great if you're trying to jump directly to a talk group or frequency, that's that's neat to have in there as well. The RF subsystem ID or the RFSS, your RSSI, which is your relative signal strength indicator. Now again, this is a minus, so the closer to zero, the stronger the signal. Example: minus 32 is a lot stronger than minus 100 because you're closer to zero. The service type. The site ID, the site name, the system type, the system or network ID, your TDMA slot number, your talk group ID, your unit ID, your unit name, which is also a one, two, three, and four, so the five different lines there. The USB VBUS voltage for USB one and USB two, and also the volume and squelch, and also the WACN or the wide area network. So these are all the different options you can have in your scanner at the, at the bottom of the detail thing. So what do I have in mind? I keep things pretty simple down there. I use, especially on a trunk system, at the very top of the screen, I've got my info area one uh, is P25 and the slot number. Info area two, I've got volume and squelch. Then I have info area three with RSSI graph. Then I've got my system name with the favorites list name, uh, department name with the site name, and then I have a channel name with a unit ID name. I like the unit ID name underneath my channel name. Below that, in the very small section, I then put in my frequency, my system, and my net ID, my RFSS ID, my WACN, my talk group ID. And again, my talk group ID is in there just in case I don't have a, a channel name. I also have a CTCSS, DCS, or NAC display on there. I've got my LCN, my logical channel number. I have my site ID. I have my digital error rate. I've got my battery voltage on my SDS 100. And even below that, I've got whether or not it's it's an FM priority, if the IFX is in, in turned on, if I'm recording, if I GPRS priority, close call or weather. So there's a lot of stuff set up on here. And that's basically the way I do it. And again, there's thousands of different ways too that you can change the color on these two. Everybody's got different ways. I like to keep mine retro, and I use the uh, just a, a, a amber backlight on mine, to be honest with you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a screenshot of this, and I'm going to post it on my social media channels. So you'll see a picture of my Uniden SDS 100. It's just easier to take a picture of. Maybe I'll put the 200 there as well. But uh, you'll see how mine is set up, and I'll put an example of that as well, uh, both with the options and how it looks. So, again, I'll, I'll put that wherever I have a social media channel. So it'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I'll even throw on TikTok since that's, that's surviving. I don't have any information really on TikTok right now either. So it's at Scanner School, I believe, on all those. Or I think Twitter might be a little bit different. But, again, you can always go to scannerschool.com slash and then the – social media platform of your choice and we will put it over there as well so 
Again, just to summarize at the very bottom of the screen, I like to have the unit ID name because I try to name all of the units out there if I can. Again, if that's blank, I've got the, I believe it falls back to the actual ID, the uh, the radio ID. And then we've got the frequency, so I just like to see that bounce around. The system ID, or the net ID, RFSS ID, the WACN, the talk group ID, the CTCSS, DCS, NACS, logical channel numbering, the actual site ID, so I know what site I'm on, the digital error, the, and the battery voltage. So uh, again, that's, that's really where I am. Again, I've got uh, RSSI in there, I believe, twice. No, actually, I don't on this one. Maybe I have it up on the, uh, on the 200, but I know the RSSI was also up there somewhere as well. But uh, I like to have seen the digital error rate too because that sometimes could tell you you have issues why you're not picking something up. So if you're like on a, on a talk group and you find out it's muting a lot, you can actually look at that, that noise in the error rate and uh, look at both of those and see if something is, is, is getting messed up on you as well. So again, really great question. That's, that's an interesting one. I haven't had to answer it before, but uh, really makes you stop and think because there's a lot of these a lot of tweaks you can make in the SDS 100 and 200. So, Kevin, thank you so much for your question. Stand by towards the end of the podcast because we'll pick a winner out of the uh, the randomizer here. Good luck to you. And, again, thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter. I really do appreciate it. And thanks again for asking such a great question. Hi, Phil. This is Earl from San Diego, California. I have two questions for you. While using my SDS 200 to monitor back and forth between the East County simulcast B25 X2 system and the conventional for U.S. forestry, I noticed that my, the scanner would not lock onto the control channel right away. I was wondering if this was because the control channels are at the bottom of the site list and if moving them to the top would speed up acquisition. Second question, I like to use favorites lists when programming my unit and scanners, but I'm frustrated with the service type locking out something I would be interested in monitoring. What are your thoughts on changing all the entries in that favorites list to, for example, custom one, so that I don't miss an interesting channel? Thanks for the great podcast. Keep up the great work. Seven threes. Hey, Earl. Great question, and thank you so much for asking. I tried to look up your East County system in San Diego. I wasn't able to find anything for that one. So I'm kind of going to go just on a gut reaction or gut feeling to your questions. Would I like to have a bit more information about this before I can really solidify my answer to you? But based on just general knowledge of trunk systems and whatnot, I would guess that you've got multiple sites on this trunk system here. And it may be that you're just not picking up a couple of control channels for these sites, which is why it seems like it's taking a long time for your scanner to actually lock onto the control channel. So what should normally happen is you uh, you come into a site, control channel picks up some signal and it locks on. And this, this does take a little bit of time, but it's not like it takes a long time to do. And for, when the impression I get from you is that it's taken an abnormally long time for you to come out of this system. And again, too, you said you're using an X2 or you're monitoring an X2 system, which again is very unique at this point too, because I don't think there's many X2 or TDMA systems that are even out there anymore. They've pretty much all gone to a phase two or a full-time phase two type of protocol. Again, TDMA X2 was kind of like this uh, band-aid to get users from phase one into some sort of phase two before the phase two standard came along. This is something that Motorola kind of put into play here. So 
going back and forth from conventional into trunking, right? The scanner has to always come back into a trunk system, find out, especially too, if you've got uh, the uh, the NAC decoding enabled and, and the NAC usage and make sure that all the values are the same. It then has to log onto or, or, or catch on to the control channel, make sure it's the right channel. And then if it's not, then it goes on to something else. So make sure you've got all your programming stuff there correctly as well. And maybe you just want to ignore NAC on that system. And maybe that might be helping you out there as well. But again, what I think is happening is possibly these, the scanner is, is looking for the first it's not seeing any activity on the control channel. It immediately should move over right to the next control channel, right? It should be instantaneous, like nope, like like a scan, right? It comes in there, it scans through channels, nope, nothing here, keeps on rolling and, and comes on there and locks onto it. I don't think actually the order it could be, it could be because right, the, the scanner is going to go through some sort of a scanning hierarchy, right? I forget how it works with the SDS 200, but it doesn't always go from like zero up, you know, from lowest to highest frequency. It, it bounces in and out of different type of thing here, especially in a fares list. So it could go from, from A to B to, to D to F to G back to C. So that may have something to do with it as well. I got to dig up that one because I know there is a certain set of the way that the scanner goes through its scan lists and goes through each one. I think the way that it's programmed in first is the priority on how things go through the scanning, and then it goes through all the trunk systems and through uh, the sites. But it's not through favorites list IDs. It's actually the, the way it's programmed in first is the way that the scanner works. So again, let's take a look at even check out to your hold time too on the system, right? How long is that hold time set up for? I don't, again, I don't believe hold time is set per site, but uh, that may slow things up as well. But definitely a little bit of troubleshooting would would be in play. Like we talked about too with uh, with with Kevin's question about you know what I look at on the on the screen. I'd be curious to know what your your noise level is and the error rate is while you're trying to find that control channel because that would clue you in a little bit as well that maybe you're having issues at least with the code because because the uh, the noise is too high or the or the the error rates there and maybe changing a filter setting on that site would help you out. Maybe go from normal to 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 wide or, or whatever the settings are these days in the SDS two hundred. That might help you out as well. So kind of picking through those those layers would, would help you out. So would love to get some more uh, detailed information from you. And uh, again, maybe if we can do it on a on a tutoring session, we'll find out at the end of the podcast episode whether or not that uh, that you won that one. But even if you just want to email me or or respond with another voicemail for next month, we'll continue the conversation and kind of get through the debugging on this one as well. As far as your other question goes, uh, with the with the favorites lists and the the system IDs, I think I told a story before in the past about the system IDs and how they really kicked my butt for a while when I was programming my 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 436 when I first got it. And I'll tell the story again really quickly, just to emphasize how badly it feels like you are stubbing your little toe the entire time you're trying to figure this thing out here. So the scanner has favorites lists, which are basically like your banks, right, is the right way to think of it. And the system types is, if you look at radio reference in the rightmost column, you've got fire dispatch, fire attack, law dispatch, law attack, aviation, hospitals, security, right? Those align with the service types that are inside of the home patrol scanner. So 
what I did when I was busy kicking the wall or the door with my little toe, trying to program my 436 one of the first times, is that I was programming in the local utilities. And you think, oh, yeah, that would be a bit my first clue right there. But no, it really wasn't. So I programmed in the Long Island Power Authority, which now is PSEGLI. And because I wanted that bank in there, I never listened to them, but it was something I wanted to have set up in there. So if anything ever happened, right, SHTF, that um, I would be able to turn them on right away, right, and monitor what was going on. And every time I would select that bank, I'd notice it would go through that bank like really quick. Like it would be like, you know, right through it. And it didn't seem like it was stopping anything. So I turned off and disabled all my favorites lists, and I would just turn just that one on. It would say nothing to scan why isn't there anything to scan? I know I programmed something in there. So I would go back into Sentinel and I would try and reprogram it. Oh, look, there's frequencies are in there for uh, for LiPo or PSC, GLI, whatever they're called these days. And I'd rewrite to the radio. And of course, I would turn off all those other pairs lists. And again, nothing to scan. And I'm getting pretty frustrated. I'm like, well, I'm going to take this brand new radio I just got and paid a couple hundred dollars for and throw it straight out the window. So again, I'm going through, going through, going through. I cannot figure out what is going on here. Why is this not allowing me to scan? And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, system types. And lo and behold, you go into the system types of the scanner and utilities is turned off. Once I turned utilities on, boom, I had something to scan. So you got to remember that the system types are like a secondary favorites list or a secondary scan list that you can turn off and turn on. Now, those service types are are, are beneficial if you're using, say, the global database or, the, or right, the, the major home patrol database. Or you've got, I don't know, a personal list set up. And again, you want to fine tune things, right? So if you've got like the global list you're using because you're traveling or using the GPS method on there, right? You only listen to law, law dispatch and, and fire dispatch, maybe. Great. All the nonsense... Is locked out. You're not worried about it. Normally, what I do, though, is in my scanner, the first thing I do when I have it in Sentinel is I go into Profiles, and I enable all of the service types. Now, here's a little side note for you. When you are doing this on a scanner, you can only enable and disable the service types that are currently in your scan list. So if you've got a scan list set up and say, for example, here, utilities is not part of that scan list, you won't be able to toggle utilities off and on. This is one of those things that's a lot easier to do when you're actually in the Sentinel programming. So I, again, you can turn them all on and then now it's not a worry for you anymore. Or just what you said, which is another great idea, is you can just assign everything into that favorites list as a custom one and then you're good to go. As long as you've got custom one enabled as a service type, then you should be able to have everything in that favorites list unlocked. But again, as long as you've got all of the service types unlocked, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. But I do like your way a little bit better because I think that it really enforces the fact that, yes, even if something does get messed up in the scanner and for some reason that those system types are disabled or locked out or whatever you want to call them, non-checked, as long as custom one is enabled, then you know you're going to be able to monitor anything in that scan list. So that's that's a great way of doing it. And I think you're going to hit the nail on the head when you do it that way. But um, as far as your first question, definitely a little bit more information. If you could send me a link to that system on Radio Reference, I can take a look at it and see if, if my theory is correct that there's multiple sites out there and maybe you're just not picking one up strong enough to start decoding it. Maybe you can get a signal off of it, but it's just not there enough to decode. 
maybe you just need to filter out the sites, just the one that's closest, the two that are closest to you, and see if you have better luck with it that way. Again, I'm not really sure how you're programming it, and I wasn't able to find the East County system down in San Diego County. But uh, we'll see. Just send me an email or or um, you know send another voicemail, and we'll do the exact same thing for uh, for the first podcast of 2021 can't believe it's already december so again earl thank you so much for your question wish i could have a little more detail for you on your first question but i think the second one the second question you have for me i think um think that'll definitely help you out great question thank you so much again for asking that did you know there are ways to help support the scanner school podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part if you go to scannerschool.com slash support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers, having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting. 
for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. So Kim writes in, he asks, Hope that you could help me. My laptop has the plug with the three black rings, and I'm trying to hook it up to a speaker side of a Baofeng UV5R. Can you tell me what I need to do for Zello? He has an HP laptop, and the speaker and microphone are the same plug. And do I have a diagram that can, he can look at to help him through the steps for the equipment and setting up Zello? So first of all, Kim, the the speaker output on that Baofeng, usually the UV5R, is a 2.5 millimeter TRS connector. Basically, what this means is that it's a, it's a common speaker plug that plugs into the the port on the side of the Baofeng. The trick here is though, it's a smaller connector on there. It's a 2.5 millimeters, not the bigger port on the side of that radio. Now, you can go ahead and purchase a speaker mic off of Amazon for less than 20 bucks. And that, if you disassemble that microphone, you could just grab the speaker line off of that and then bring that into your radio. Or you could use a mono cable. And on one end, you'll need a 2.5 millimeter to the 3.5 millimeter. And the other end goes right into the computer on uh, the line in or the microphone input on the computer. So basically, the speaker output of the Baofeng goes to the microphone input on the computer. Now, in Zello, you're going to make an account. Basically, this is going to be your account that's just for the radio or the live feed. So name that whatever it is you want to name it. In your Windows computer, too, I guess you can have it set up so that it automatically logs into the, to the room and that Zello launches automatically. Now, the trick here is when you go into the uh, settings for Zello, right? You're going to go into your your speaker settings and your microphone settings. You're also going to want to go ahead and set up Vox. Now, Vox is going to allow the the computer to automatically transmit or key up on the Zello channel when it is time for audio to come across that 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 group. So again, when your radio it doesn't have any audio coming out the speaker mic or the speaker port, the the Vox setting in the uh, in Zello is not going to be latched so the push to talk button basically won't be pressed on zello once you have audio coming out of the radio it's going to trigger your vox settings the thresholds and the push to talk in the app will then be triggered and you'll be transmitting on that zello channel so again the radio itself wouldn't be transmitting but what you may want to do just to play it safe is you may want to go into your programming on that radio especially in that channel, and set it up so that the duplex is off. And when you set the duplex in there to be off, that basically means that it's a receive-only memory position, and you don't accidentally set up the transmit on there at all. So again, two ways of doing this. If you want to uh, get a speaker mic, again, less than 20 bucks, you just need to then desolder the, uh, the actual microphone from the cable, and then solder in a 3.5 TRS connector that goes into your computer, 
or probably even easier is if you get a mono patch cable with uh, normally they come with a 3.5 millimeter TRS on either side and you'll need a 2.5 to 3.5 TRS adapter on either end. Now, again, the microphone, the speaker microphone connector actually is a three ring or two ring. It's a stereotypic connector, but you don't really need the mono side of that as well. So I'm going to put a, uh, a, a diagram if you really want one. I'll put it in the session notes of the podcast this way you can take a look at it and you can look at it there. But uh, all in all, it's the, the the pinouts on the on the speaker side is basically the tip is going to be speaker positive, the middle uh, sleeve is going to be the middle ring is going to be a TX data which we're not interested in at all, and then the sleeve would be a speaker minus or the ground. So again, you're just looking basically at uh, tip and ring, right? Tip and ground basically is is how it would be on that accessory jack. So again, hopefully that uh, helps you out. And uh, any other help setting up the Zello or uh, getting that Baofeng connected, just let me know. I know a couple of guys down here have done it. And uh, while I haven't done it personally, I've done other things kind of like this with uh, the same type of plugs. And uh, it's worked out very well for us in the past. Kim, thanks again for uh, asking that question. And best of luck setting up your project. Okay, we got one more question in from Josh. Josh is actually a customer buying over at East Coast Page. This this question came in from him beforehand. So Josh asks, hey, Phil, I need some help. I'm 39, legally blind, and I've been scanning since I was a kid. I just got an SDS 200. I would really like to set it up with ProScan or something where I can listen or control my scanner from anywhere away from home on my phone, mainly because I don't have any luck with good reception with scanners in cars even with mag-mounted antennas. Thank you. All right, Josh, a couple of things that uh, we need to go through here when we set up our SDS-200 with ProScan. Now, there's a couple of different ways we can go about it. Probably the easiest way to do it is to actually plug the LAN port into the front of the scanner and then connect it out towards our internal LAN at home. This means now you can control the scanner, you can get the data off the scanner and the audio off the scanner all through the Ethernet port, the LAN port in the front of the scanner. This is by far the fastest, easiest, least painful way of setting up your audio and data connection to the scanner. Now, the trick here is that you don't want to plug the scanner directly into your laptop. I actually spent quite a bit of time on a tutoring call with somebody where we were trying to figure out why he couldn't talk to his scanner while setting it up with Ethernet port. And he actually had two two scanners that were having a problem. We couldn't really figure it out. And then I'm like, well, what's going on with the router? And he's like, what do you mean, what do you mean the router? I said, well, aren't you plugging into the router? He goes, no, I'm plugging directly into my computer. Then the light bulbs went out and said, oh, okay, we got to change things out here. So if you're going to plug it into your router, you want to set up the scanner to use DCHP. I think I got that right, DCHP or DHCP. It's been a while. Basically, it's dynamically grabbing the IP address, right, from the router. Then you can go into ProScan, and you can actually do a auto-detect, and ProScan should automatically find the IP address of the scanner, and then that will allow you to data control the this, this scanner, and then you do the same thing on audio capture, and then all of a sudden now you've got audio. If you're going to do this where you're going to plug the radio directly into the scanner, I'm mean, sorry, the radio directly into the computer, then things get a little bit twisted up here. So what you'll have to do at that point is you'll need to actually assign an IP address to the scanner. So say you want to assign 10.0.0.2. 
on your computer, you're going to have to actually set your your hardwired Ethernet port. Same story. You're going to need to turn off the dynamic allocation of, the, of, of that port and actually give it a static address on that port and say you set that address to be 10.0.0.1. Of course, same subnet mask and same gateway basically on both sides of the house, meaning the computer and the, and the, uh, the scanner. Once you set the static addresses in both the scanner and the computer, then again, you can use ProScan to then connect to 10.0.0.2 and the scanner will then talk to ProScan. So basically, if you're connecting it to a router, the router is going to assign an IP address to the scanner and then you just tell ProScan on your computer, of course, if you're in the same network, to uh, to find the scanner and it should find it. If you're going to plug directly from that Ethernet port on the scanner into your Ethernet port on the computer, then you have to set up statically or, or static routing, manually give an address to the scanner, give the same subset type of address to your computer, and then they will be able to talk to each other. That's the quickest, fastest, easiest way to get things set up. If you don't want to do it that way, then you'll need to set up a, uh, a data connection to the computer and then a separate audio connection to the computer. This is why I recommend highly, especially with the SDS-200, using the Ethernet port in front of the scanner. Then what you'll have to do then as well is you'll need to then set up the web server in ProScan. Not too difficult to do, but again, make sure you set up the, uh, the audio connection uh, for the web server and then set up the web server itself. So you'll need an input port. So if your port, you know, say you use port 8000, right? That's a typical IP port on uh, or HTTP port. And uh, a lot of a lot of home based broadband connections may block port 8000, by the way, just for example. And then you have to go into your router, set up port forwarding and tell the router that port 8000 goes to the computer that you have ProScan set up on. Then while you're outside the house, you can then go into your home IP address, port 8000, and then you'll actually see a web page set up on your phone that is from ProScan. Now, it's a whole lot easier, too, to get a dynamic DNS set up on your computer as well. So you can use something like noip.org or uh, dyndns. Dot com or something like that, that it runs a little app on your Windows computer. And what happens is it it knows what your external IP address is. And if it should ever change, it will automatically update noip.org or dynamicdns.com, I think is what it is, with the new IP address. So you never have to change that IP address in your phone for your home computer. You just It's just a web address. It's the same way that basically every single website works. Like you go to scannerschool.com, you're not saying I need to go to 174.1, whatever, 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 whatever. You're basically just saying I need to go to scannerschool.com. And on the back end, it knows that the phone number or the web address for scanner school is actually the whatever the numerical address equivalent is. Think of it as um, like, I don't know, Scanner Master, for example, 1-800-SCANNER. Right, it's got an 800 number, and you spell out the word scanner. It's actually a numerical equivalent. Again, my East Coast pages, right? I have eight seven seven two three one page P A G E as my phone number. Well, the equivalent to that numerically is eight seven seven two three one seven two four three. I'm not giving you the seven two four three ending. I'm giving you page because it's easier to remember. So if you set up a dynamic DNS on your uh, home computer, it's a lot easier to remember Josh's PC dot 
dns.com or joshspc.noip.org. That's a whole lot easier than remembering, you know, your full IP address. And again, IP addresses can change daily, weekly, monthly, never. It all depends. So uh, that's that's easy to do here. So let's let's summarize what we're what we're at so far. We've got a SDS two hundred connected via Ethernet. My recommendation into your router or your computer. The computer then needs to have the ProScan web server set up. The ProScan web server again needs to know the port, uh, the IP port that you're going to come in on. The router you're using needs to port forward that port to the IP address of the computer you're running with. And then it's very helpful to run dynamic DNS or no IPs application on your Windows computer so that you have a an actual web address that you could connect to on your phone. The process really isn't that difficult. It sounds very difficult when I talk about it, but uh, I actually got some ideas coming out for 2021, some workshop ideas, and this is actually going to fit into a workshop. So I don't exactly know. It's probably a February timeframe, but uh, this is what we're looking at, and this would fit into maybe not directly into a workshop, but as a bonus content that expands onto a workshop I'm working on coming out with next year. So yeah, we got a lot of a lot of stuff in in the pike for next year, and this just happens to fit into it. So it's a really great time for this question to come along. And Josh, again, I want to thank you for uh, your purchase of our East Coast Pages. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you have any other questions in the future, please, you know, whether it's the scanning or the paging, just just let me know. So hopefully. I know it's just kind of high level stuff. It's it's very hard to get into nitty gritty sometimes when it comes to podcasts, but um, hopefully that helps you get through it. We've done this before for other customers in the past or other listeners in the past, rather. Uh, I say customer because he 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 used me for a tutoring session, so he's he's a scanner school uh, part of a consultant thing. So I I consider that you know in my mind, it's just how I I, I associate things. But uh, we did go through this on somebody else on a tutoring session and uh, it worked out very well in the end. So it's, it sounds difficult, but it's not Josh again. Thank you so much for your question and best of luck setting up your at home web server for your SDS 200. All right. I want to thank everybody who has asked a question for this week's ask scanner school. And again, before we pick our winner for today's tutoring session, I would like to remind everybody to make sure you head over to uh, YouTube today Again, tonight, listening live and catch us tonight for our Ask Scanner School Q&A session. Uh, it's about 30 minutes, maybe a little longer, depending on how many questions we get in. And uh, afterwards, again, our extra credit Patreon supporters will get our monthly roundtable discussion, which is, again, more questions and answers, a discussion about what's going on, anything that's on their mind. And that conversation goes for another 45 minutes or so. So, again, if you're not an extra credit subscriber, you can go to scannerschool.com. So it's Patreon. Again, it's $5 a month, and uh, that really does help support the Scanner School podcast and everything else that we are doing here. So let's go ahead and pick a winner of this week's tutoring session. Now, again, you want to win a tutoring session, just go to scannerschool.com slash ask and use either SpeakPipe or a voicemail number. Again, 516-308-2885. So I have in the spreadsheet here, I've got number one for Kevin, number two for Earl. And uh, I just did a Google for a random number generator. I put number one and number two in there. And just to make things fair, what we did is uh, we're going to hit the refresh button five times here. Uh, I figure that makes it fair because sometimes you just don't know what the first round is going to do. Is it, is it going to default to the first number, the last number, or anything else? So let's just go ahead and do this here. And I'm going to hit refresh five times here. Watch. So it's one, two, three, four, five. All right. Looks like, Earl, you're the winner. So, Earl, reach out to me, phil at scannerschool.com, and uh, 
first of all, congratulations. Second of all, reach out to me at phil at scannerschool.com and we will uh, schedule you up and give you the details on how to schedule your tutoring session. So again, all the session notes from today's podcast are online, scannerschool.com slash session 154. Don't forget to join us tonight for YouTube. And if you have any ideas for a future podcast, I got the first quarter of 2021 kind of figure it out but you know it's always nice to put in some user requested podcast sessions so if you would like to be a guest on a podcast or if you have any ideas please let me know reach out to me phil at scannerschool.com also before i leave don't forget to subscribe to the podcast the podcast player of choice you're using right now just hit the subscribe button to this podcast so that next week's podcast is delivered right to your podcast player if you're listening to us on the web just go ahead and make sure you click the subscribe button in the newsletter this way, we can email you every week and let you know what's coming up. And with that, I want to say thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your fellow Scanner Radio users. I always wish I could get out there and teach more people about the Scanner Radio hobby, and I need your help to do so. So please introduce somebody that uh, you know that would get uh, some benefit or just enjoyment out of the podcast and let them know that we're out there. So with that, I want to say 73 which means best regards. I'm Phil Lichtenberger. This is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby 73.